Hey guys, so the 2020 NFL DFS season is right around the corner. By the looks of it, we will at least begin the season in some capacity, so we will definitely have a week one as it uh, seems. So I am putting together a 2020 NFL DFS season primer. It will be five episodes and all of the content for the most part you probably have already heard on this podcast at some point or another. Uh, I went back. Um, I did a, a few episodes during the you know the beginning of the COVID nineteen shutdown. Um, I did some episodes last year, the year before that. Um, basically, what it looks at is a ton of millionaire maker trends, cash line trends, ownership, um, how the chalk does, how the Uber chalk does double up cash lines, things like that. Uh, But over the next few days, I will be just reposting some of that content to get everybody ready for the 2020 NFL DFS season. Now, because this information has been pulled from podcasts that happened, you know, a month ago, three months ago, a year ago, uh, all the information is still vitally important to the 2020 NFL DFS season. I went through all the podcasts, cut out things that uh, didn't apply anymore. Um, but there may be, you know, I may reference COVID-19 or the shutdown at, at some point within the podcast, or I may reference, you know, it may sound like I, I, I never even heard of COVID-19. That means the podcast happened a little bit before uh, March of this year. But I went through, edited out anything that I didn't think was important to 2020, cut and pasted the most important stuff, added some new stuff, and came out with a five-episode series that will get you ready for the 2020 NFL DFS season. So I hope you enjoy. Let's get into the episode. You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. Let's get into the second episode here. Some more Millionaire Maker stats and facts from the last three years. Obviously, I'm guessing that you already listened to episode one. Talked about how ownership kind of ratcheted up over the last three years. Um, Lineups got a bit chalkier, probably because content providers got a bit sharper or more people started listening to content providers, things like that. Um, But if you want to check the ownership part of, of... the Millionaire Maker stats. That is episode one. This one's going to be a little bit more about lineup construction, although there will be some ownership uh, facts built into this episode as well. First thing, lineup constructions. What do you always think of when you're creating a GPP lineup, especially for a tournament like the Millionaire Maker that's very top-heavy? You need to run it back. QB stacks. Um, So the trend over the last three years has been that stacks are increasingly getting uh, more prevalent. In the, in 2017, three Millionaire Maker winning teams, believe it or not, went unstacked. Um, quarterbacks were used naked. I know one, I believe it was in week three or four, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, believe it or not, was on a Millionaire Maker winning team without any pass catchers, uh, which is pretty wild in itself. Uh, but since then, since 2017, both 2018 and 2019, every Millionaire Maker winning team, the quarterback has been stacked with another member. 
uh, of that same team. Once we have that under control, right, we want to stack a quarterback in his pass catcher. How many pass catchers? Um, so if we take a look, it's pretty split. A lot of stacks have just one pass catcher. Um, some teams at two, some teams at three. But there really wasn't a trend for me to you know pick out over the last three years and say you need to have uh, two pass catchers or uh, you need to have one pass catcher. There really wasn't much of a trend in, in, in terms of how many players were stacking with the quarterback. In terms of running it back, um, and by that I mean, you know, a game stack, choosing players on the opposite side. We know there is correlation, um, especially when a game shoots out, the other side of the ball, the other offense, will have players that most likely um, get an opportunity to uh, put up some big fantasy numbers as well. And we've seen an increase in winning teams running it back with members of the opposite team. In 2017, only five millionaire maker winning teams um, ran it back with an opponent. Uh, in 2018, six teams did. And then in 2019, that jumped to eight, which because there wasn't a millionaire maker in week 16, that ended up being half of uh, the millionaire maker winning teams in 2019. Just this past season, uh, half of those teams ran it back with an opponent. I will say, I think the running back defensive stack that we see is commonplace in a lot of write-ups. And even when you're building a roster out uh, or, you know, using a lineup generator, there's often, you know, clickable uh, settings for you to make sure that the running back and in your lineup is paired with a defense. Um, not as prevalent as you would think. Uh, DST has only, in the last 49 Millionaire Makers, that's the last three years of Millionaire Makers, the running back and defensive stack has only appeared six times. Three times in 2017, once in 2018, and twice last year. So I don't think, well, I think there, there is times when it's warranted and there's a lot of correlation there. Uh, I think you don't necessarily have to make it uh, a rule in your lineup generators or if you hand build, you don't have to necessarily force a defense in that you don't want or force a running back in that you don't want in your player pool just because, uh, just for the sake of matching up your running back and his DST. Um, so just from a lineup construction stacking correlation standpoint, very, very uh, important to have a quarterback paired with at least one of his pass catchers. Um, in terms of running it back, it looks like, you know, the fantasy industry is getting a little bit sharper. More winning lineups are running it back because they realize the correlation in shootouts is there. One thing that I did find, in 19 of the last 49 Millionaire Maker winning teams, there was a player from the opposite side, right? We already talked about that. Um, five times in 2017, six times in 2018, eight times in 2019. So it's getting more prevalent. One of the things that I found, though, which is, I think, pretty important, um, is that in 15 of the 19, the quarterback stack had more than one pass catcher, right? So 19 times 
where millionaire maker winning lineups run back with an op, with a with an opponent. In 15 of those 19, the QB stack had two or more pass catchers or or teammates. So I think that's a very important point. Um, if you're running it back with an opponent, you want to make that game stack as if the game is going to shoot out like crazy, right? So uh, only four times did a quarterback, one wide receiver, and an opposing wide receiver end up in a winning lineup. If an opponent is in the run-it-back game stack, it's probably going to be a shootout with multiple offensive players from the quarterback stack, if that makes any sense. I hope it does. Okay, let's move on to money left on the table. And this is probably not going to go how you think it will. Uh, 49, obviously we're looking at the last 49 Millionaire Makers, the last three years of Millionaire Makers, it's about 50-50. The most money that was ever left on the table is $600 a few times, uh, but it's usually between zero and 200 uh, is the average. The average is about over the last three years is somewhere around $100 left on the table. In 25 of 49, so a little bit more than half the millionaire makers, there was $0 left on the table. So I think the lesson learned here is, you know, if you're hand building, you don't necessarily have to force money left on the table, especially if you have low owned players, right? Like if you're taking a a dart throw on a player or two that you think is going to be 5% owned, that lineup's probably going to be pretty unique right from the get-go. You don't necessarily need to leave money on the table. So if you have it down to, if you're hand-building lineups and you have just a flex spot left or just a defense left, you don't have to force yourself into a play that you're not super high on just to leave money on the table. If you zero out the cap, it's okay. Um, It's a little bit more helpful if you have a low-owned player two in there for sure speaking of low owned plays how many do you need uh, on average in a winning millionaire maker lineup well as with the trend we've seen in terms of chalky lineups from 2017 to 2019 the number of players under five percent and under ten percent has decreased uh, pretty dramatically from 2017. So in 2017, the Millionaire Maker winners averaged about five players under 10%. Uh, two and a half under 5%, and then two and a half between 5 and 10%, which is a lot. You know, that's on average, that's more than half the lineup being low owned plays. Um, and then in 2018, that shrunk to 39 players per roster so pretty much four players per roster under 10 percent with 2.2 being under five percent and 1.7 players being between five and ten percent and then more of the same in 2019 uh, as we mentioned we saw a huge boost in total ownership so it just makes sense that the number of low owned plays kind of dipped a little bit on average under five percent two players per lineup and between 5 and 10%, 1.9 players per lineup for a total of about 4 players per lineup, on average under 10% owned. 
Now, if you take a look at each lineup individually, there's really only one week this season where pretty much every player was uh, at least somewhat chalky. That was the last week of the season. And that makes sense. You know, last week of the season, a lot of players not playing, a lot of players on the same backups that are being thrust into a role uh, pretty cheap. The winning millionaire maker lineup in uh, week 17 of this year had a total of almost 160 combined ownership percentage points and only one player, uh, which was the quarterback at 9%, was the only player under 10%. Pretty chalky. Other than that, though, every other week at least had two. Most weeks had, you know, three, four, or five players under 10% owned. So just as a general trend, it looks like uh, players are getting a bit sharper, as I've mentioned. And, you know, DFS players are landing on somewhat of the similar plays, but you still need that low-owned bullet or two under 5% uh, in your lineup. You don't need as many, uh, it seems, as the years go by. Lineups are a little bit chalkier with not as many low-owned dart throws. Um, And some of the higher-owned players are finding their ways into these winning lineups. But you still need to be different. Um, And across these lineups, a lot of the lineups that left no money on the table were the lineups that had more low-owned plays. A lot of the lineups that left money on the table were some of the more chalkier lineups. And that makes sense, right? If you zero out, there's more of a probability that your lineup is going to be duplicated. Um, So lesson learned here, you still need low on plays. Probably don't have to get as weird in your lineups in Millionaire Maker, in the Millionaire Maker and in other large field GPP tournaments as you used to. Um, But you still do need a player or two under 5%, player or two under 10%. Um, and don't be afraid of chalk if you think that it is good chalk. As for the flex plan, it's the last thing that we are going to talk about today. Over the last three years, um, it's pretty much been running back uh, for the majority of winning Millionaire Maker lineups. 29 Millionaire Maker lineups uh, over the last three years have been uh, a running back in the flex. 18 wide receivers and one tight end. So basically it's either a running back or a wide receiver in the flex. One way that I've been looking at it uh, in the last few years and how I think I'm going to play it going forward, when I have a wide receiver in the flex, he is usually part of a game stack, right? So if you're stacking up, let's say the Bucks and the Saints, you have Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Alvin Kamara, um, and maybe, you know, Cameron Brait because OJ Howard's out. There's a lot of pass catchers from one team there. One of them's probably going to have to go into the flex. When I will be using a running back in the flex is when I, you know, I'm not running it back or I don't have a massive stack um, as part of the rosters that I have built. I think that's a good way to go about looking at it. Um, you know, wide receiver in the flex when you're game stacking. Otherwise, I think it makes the most sense to get 
um, three running backs that you think are going to get a lot of touches both through the air and through the ground in your millionaire maker lineup. They're safe touches, um, especially if you can find running backs that catch a lot of passes on DraftKings PPR scoring format. Okay, so I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the 2020 NFL DFS Primer Series. I hope you learned something that will make you a better NFL DFS player in 2020. And lastly, I hope that you would go and give this podcast a five-star rating and review on wherever it is you get your podcast. It goes a long way in helping this show stay free, and I would greatly appreciate it. You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James.